0: What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson with Christianity Now. Christianity Now is the podcast where we discuss timeless or timely... Uh, Aaron, I don't know what we're doing. The, <laughs> timely matter from God's Word or something yeah, like that. I, I've, I've, the problem is I was thinking about cogitations, <laughs> Yeah, and I had to switch gears, and now nothing is in my head. So... Yeah, um, <laughs> Christianity now is the podcast where we discuss timely truths from the timelessness of God's word, and I still don't believe that's right. Yeah, timeless truth, thats not right. Time—timeless truths. We is talk good. about
1: contemporary issues too. That's contemporary
0: what. issues from the yeah. timeless perspective, perspective of God's, of God's word. word. We'll, go. we'll we'll figure something out. That's all right. Good. good to see everybody equipping expositors ministry. That's John Exum. Uh, good to see everybody. This has been a long awaited um, listener request. And the person, I'm not going to call the names, but the person that uh, wanted us to discuss this said he, Aaron, he said he would enjoy hearing us discuss this, probably would do a much better job discussing <laughs> this than we would. Yeah. So I feel kind of weird, but. Here we are. There's Ted. Knight Says, "Good morning. Come on, get it together. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I just but normally it's what's up. This Tony Brew. You're listening to cogitations. Cogita- like I can just boom, boom, boom. I've done that so yep. many times, and then I don't know what happened, Aaron. I well, just
1: you you do cogitations more often than Christianity now. So yes, yes, well, that, that helps.
0: Uh, yes, yep, getting yep. it in hand. Um, let me give you some news to those of you who support the podcast monetarily. We are streaming today in 1080 HP, 30 frames per second. You may not notice a difference, but instead of streaming to uh, five different places, we're streaming to six. We're streaming on the 2 by 2 podcast, Christianity Now streams on YouTube, my personal account, Christianity Now uh, Facebook page, Christianity Now group, and Cogitation's Facebook page. So... I'm very thank- thankful that we were able to do that. We got a year-end uh, 50% off uh, where we could. But the, but the reason we were able to do that is because of your support, and we were able to purchase that an entire year in advance. Yeah. So for a whole year, we ain't got to worry about Restream coming out of our account. Uh, yeah, that's nice. account. Yeah, that's good. Hello, David Stafford. Good to see you. Yeah, it's good to have a whole year covered. That way you don't have to... Ain't got to worry about it. Ain't got to worry plus, about it until the next year. Plus, you just get it so cheap. Yeah. I say cheap. I mean, it's still like 24 bucks a month. But yeah. the package we paid for, if you did it monthly, would be $50 a month. So we got it up right. like for half price. Right. Here's a loaded question, Aaron. Can you explain sovereignty of God and providence? Some have a distorted view on the sovereignty on sovereignty and providence. i tell you what. We might as well just talk about the sovereignty of God for a minute Yeah, because if you have a misconception of God's sovereignty, you're going to have a misconception of God's providence and how he helps us today. Yeah. God will never, ever superimpose his will over the will of any individual. Every human being is made in the, in the image of God and has free moral agency. This is why pain and suffering is in the world. Yep, absolutely. Um, I don't know if I, I've I've prayed with people. I've prayed with mothers who have lost uh, not young children, but children out of time. Not you know mm-hmm. it's it's not natural for parents to bury their children. No, just of about any age. the The, the children are supposed to bury the parents. Yep. So the question always is thrown around, why? Why did God do this? Why? Well, first off, you don't deal with that in the moment. However, you do need to understand that <laughs> even though God didn't do this, that um, God allows human beings to act freely. Yeah. And as such, there's going to be suffering in the world where righteous people suffer through no fault of their own. Sure. That's Job. Oh man. Yeah. And and I'm so thankful that Job went through his. And I I believe I believe that nobody in the world will ever suffer like Job again. Not in the same way. Where yeah. I, I think in other words, once that battle was fought between God and Satan, Job being the battleground, mm-hmm. pardon me, I gotta put a cough drop. Yeah. Um that that a human being will never suffer exactly like that. Yeah, because it was done. Uh, you're not gonna. You're just not gonna get it because Job went through it. However, because human beings have free moral agency, some some human beings are are immoral, and so you will have uh, a guy go out, get drunk, run a stop sign, and uh, crash into a limousine full of teenagers on their prime night and kill three of them and he walk away unscathed yeah and it's very tempting to say well why did god do that god didn't do it right and satan didn't do it directly yeah but the reason it happened is because there's sin in the world yeah satan did it indirectly through their choice yes free will absolutely um pardon me i'm the yeah. yeah, all right, <laughs> my throat, anyway, good morning, everyone, how are you and Aaron, how, how are you, Aaron and Tony, We're, I'm doing well, I, I can't doing, speak for Aaron. Yeah, doing good, good morning, Sheila Cole, and Gita. Gita Maharaj. Maharaj. Uh, good morning to both of you, hope all's well, it, it is, on our end, and Sheila Cole, good morning to you, all right, let me do this, all right, so. Yeah, these are two very important,
1: very important subjects, with sovereignty, yeah. and, and, and And God's providence, God's, I mean, basically the sovereignty of God is that God is the creator. (laughs) He's in charge. He has all power and authority. That's it. And within that created order that he has made, you know, of heaven and earth, uh, obviously the angels had free will also. And humanity has free will, had it and continues to have it. So... God set that up in his created order where and that sovereign power will not rule over it because that's the way he created it. If he went against that created order, then he would be, I mean, he'd be a lot of things that would be inconsistent with his will.
0: He he wouldn't be just. He'd be going against his nature.
1: That's right. He'd be going against his nature. And and I
0: think that gets into how we're made in the image of God, Aaron. Yeah. God is a free moral agent. Like a lot of people are like, well, God cannot lie. What do you mean by that? Do you think God doesn't possess within himself the power and ability to lie? Right. No. God cannot lie because he says, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. He's not going to break his word. But he's a free moral agent who could, but he's not going to go against his nature. Right. That would be an absurdity, and that would mean that God is not who God is. But he possesses within him the ability to do so. Yeah. I hope. And, and again, don't don't leave this podcast saying, well, that Tony, he says God's able or God can lie and God would lie given the right circumstance. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'm saying God is bound by his word. His word is that powerful. Yeah, You and I are bound by our word, but our word isn't as powerful as God's word. So we can go against our word and we can have a a, 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 a dissonance there within ourselves, within our mind, our body and our spirit we can have a dissonance there can be no dissonance between mind body and spirit with god that's that's the godhead the will the word and the uh the 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 body and the spirit the 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 c- c- communicative conveyance is the spirit the manifestation in this realm of existence is the word the body and the uh the will is what controls it all yeah Anyway, um, so, oh, and Gita Madaraj says, excellent diction. Thank you very much. And good morning, Connie Barden. The sovereignty of God is a very misunderstood
1: subject and mistaught. A lot of error taught about God's sovereignty. Mm -hmm. But God is all, you know, knowing, all powerful, and sees all things, he, well,
0: he is, you know, yeah. he is sovereign. He is and the invisible God. One of the issues with with God's sovereignty and a misunderstanding of it is in how it's taught in certain circles with with salvation. Yeah. Um. Here's the: if you think God is sovereign in all, and it's absolutely sovereign to the point where humanity has no free moral agency, then you have to have. To this day, God intervening in a miraculous way. You cannot simply have God having set this system up and allowing it to run, and then only uh, through the through the realm of non miraculous intervention uh, guiding things. Yeah. So, for instance, if if I was uh, if I was a person in the world and I just wanted to run around and do what I wanted to do. I didn't want to sacrifice myself and give myself back to God. Well, that God is sovereign in all things. So, what God would do is, He would then have to, because God is sovereign, He would miraculously change my heart to where I desired to serve Him. And then I would do all the things that I read about in the Bible. And then I would be in a right relationship with God. Yeah. And I'm pretty blunt. I, I, I liken that to uh, what Bill Crosby did and drugging all those women so he could violate them. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, God changing your mind so you desire to serve him is the same thing as a man going after a woman, and, and when she turns down his sexual advances, he plies her with some kind of drug to loosen her inhibitions. And, oh, yeah, well, no, I didn't rape her because she she came on to me after I drugged her up.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say that. I should say grape because yeah. of the algorithm, but you yeah. get what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what God does. The, or the, according to John Calvin's doctrine, that's what God does. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. Yeah, Tony didn't want to serve me, but after I after I drugged him up, he he, he came right to me. Well, yeah, yeah. after you took away my ability to consent.
1: Yeah. Well that really shows that the ugliness and the nastiness of Calvinism. Uh, man, sovereignty is not meticulous control of all human actions. In my opinion, if that were how it worked, God would be weak and manipulative. Yeah,
0: that's what we Exactly. We're, yeah. He he, he, he'd be the lecherous old man trying to give all the women drugs in order to rob from them their ability to consent. Boy, we need to preach that more. If people could just see that
1: about Calvinism and Reformed theology and see how dirty their God is.
0: I know. Sometimes bad things happen, and no one did wrong. Example, the five-year-old that drowned in the church baptistry is an example of an accident. Yeah. And I will tell you this. Um, I, I'm going to be pretty brutal here because we're talking about how things play out. Somebody wasn't watching that little kid. Yeah. Somebody didn't teach that little kid not to climb on things. Somebody didn't teach that little kid a certain amount of decorum in the church building. Maybe the doors weren't locked like they should but, have been. Yes, in Bay, Arkansas, man, um, the there's two doors that go to the baptistry, mm-hmm. and not only are they locked with a doorknob, but just for extra measure, there's they're locked with a hook and clasp at the at the very top. Yep, ours, no, nobody can reach them.
1: ours. Are locked. With you know, it's you have to have a key. There's no nothing you can turn, right? <laughs> yeah. And then the keys are hanging up real high. I mean, I can almost yep. barely reach them, and I'm almost five seven ish. <laughs> you know, I'm short, sure, yep. but you know, they're up high. They're up yep. above the door frame.
0: That's uh, right. So. And and I'm I'm I hope uh, listen, hopefully if I, I you're hope, tall
1: enough to grab that, you won't drown in that.
0: Yes. Well, I, talking about the little five year old that drowned, mm-hmm. um, I would never, if I were there, be like. <laughs> whose parents didn't teach this kid right. the right way to be I'm just I'm just saying when it comes to how we deal with tragedy <laughs> if we conceptualize it as well this is just a bad thing that happened and there's nothing we could do well down that road lies nihilism
1: mm-hmm.
0: no you you and like even even the woman let, let's say there's a woman who is brutally you know what great we'll say mm-hmm. you don't you don't start off by like, hey, you could have done stuff to prevent that, right? God forbid. Only you could prevent forest fires. It's like, <laughs> yes. wait a minute. I- well, you, but but after after that woman gets healthy in her mind, then she can start saying, you know what? There was things that I could have done. I could have kept my head on a swivel. I could have carried a weapon. I could have made sure I wasn't in that part of the town at, at, at that hour of the day. Yeah. It's akin to, you know, if I went down to the bad part of town wearing a $20,000 Rolex and gold chains everywhere and flashing big wads of cash, I'm going to get knocked in the head and robbed. Now, as I'm getting my head stitched up, do you talk about how stupid I was and how I put myself in that situation? No, absolutely not. No, but after I after I began the healing process, i'm I'm gonna be suffering uh trauma and and the 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 traumatic effects of that mm-hmm. and well, how do you overcome that? How do you keep from being an agoraphobe? You have the power never to be in that situation ever again. and I suppose that there could be a situation
1: where You take a woman and she's gone through all the self defense's class that her money can afford. And she's out in the most public open area. Yeah. Some sicko. She has a gun. She knows how to use a gun. The dude catches her off guard while she's getting a refill on her drink, knocks the gun out, jerks her into a restroom and something bad happened. I mean, I suppose there's a circumstance where she's tried really hard to do everything she can and something
0: can still possibly happen. in, In spite of everything she's done. Yeah. But again, even then, whenever that's, you're going through, you know, you're going through therapy, you're trying to get back to where you can. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna be. Like, oh well, you're gonna. You probably know what? Think about something. Yeah, that, I yeah. could have. I could have. I could have looked yeah. around more. I could have yeah. checked my surroundings.
1: Yeah. yeah, and that's that person's not to blame. I mean, they've been violated. <laughs> Don't blame and the victim. No, it's not. That's just a one of many examples. You know, there's a lot of other
0: situations that happen. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Hey, hey, Alabama says things happen. There's always a shoulda, woulda, coulda, but that doesn't mean it wasn't an accident or that it's someone's fault. Correct. And and when I say fault, we're not trying to assign blame. Mm. We're trying to look at the level of culpability you have in your situation. And when you heal, the only way you can heal is from a state of uh, from a position of power. And if you and if you have the mindset that, well, I'm just a victim and I was powerless in that situation. There's nothing I could have done different. You you're you're then at a freeze point and you can't heal. Is that what you're mentioning? That that could lead to nihilism, where you're just yes, this that, is gonna
1: happen no matter what I do, yeah, no matter all where this I go. Vanity, it doesn't matter. Be, yeah. Yep.
0: I'm gonna live in my basement, and eat Cheetos, and watch porn until I die. <laughs> That's the male version of yeah. <laughs> "I'm not going to get married yeah. and 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 yeah. uh, and and have children and stuff like that." Yeah, I'm just going to grow old and get a cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, David Stafford, I like Jeremiah 18. This shows the sovereignty of God. God's the potter, and Judah is the clay. Mm-hmm. Judah was free to make her choice. Her choice would determine the outcome. God was sovereign, no matter what happened, but 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 His did not negate Judah's choice. His sovereignty did not negate uh, his sovereignty. He did not negate Judah's choice. Uh, this uh, cough drops messing with my head, Aaron. It's just a <laughs> cough drop, I promise. God's sovereignty
1: um, in the situation,
0: like with Israel, and Him being the potter and them the clay.
1: That means that he has the right to to deal with them according to his will. Yes, that that that's what sovereignty means. That's what that's uh, and his will. We again, we know free will. We know we're made in God's image. We we you know we have the revelation of godliness and ungodliness, holiness and unholiness. That's it. Righteousness and unrighteousness. So. When we have that, God has always provided that for his people, his will, then uh it's our choice to to make the right decisions and walk in the right path. And and when we do, that's all within God's plan, not his plan that he is directly controlling. Because yes. you know, it's again, it's it's a it's a uh it's an ordained, not ordained, that's a bad word. Uh it's God's order. It says, the yeah. way he ordered the universe, heaven and earth, Whoa. that people have free will, and he allows both good and bad choices to be made.
0: Yeah. Well, that 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 ordained is not a bad word. Yeah. I think about Ephesians 2, uh, verse 10, for we are his workmanship, yeah. created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Is the word "ordained" in there that God is foreordained that we should walk in? Uh, yeah, them? I think so. Am I yeah. losing my mind, Aaron? I think so. Am I making stuff up? Or you think yeah. I'm losing my mind? Which God prepared? Or, are you? Are you think I'm losing my mind? Or are you I, agreeing with me? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is it? Be more specific, Aaron. Uh, well, it let may me go to the King ordained. James.
1: Yeah, go to the old King James. The New King James says uh, "prepared beforehand."
0: Yeah. yeah. prepared before before ordained that we should yeah. walk in them. Yeah. The word "ordained" uh, it's, it's a cognate of the word "order." Yep, He has ordered this. He has ordered the universe, and so God has foreordained that there are certain laws of the universe that you should walk in them. If yep. you don't walk in those laws, then it will not. Th- then sin lieth at the door, and unto him, unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. That's Genesis yep. four. Yep. Now yep. with Christianity spiritually, once we are new creatures, then we are God's workmanship, and we are under an entirely new set of ordinances. Yeah.
1: Oh, man, that Genesis 4-7 passage, but you should rule over it. That means that Cain, the consequences were from his decision. He had freedom yes. of choice, and he did not inherit Adam's <coughs> sin. He no. did not
0: inherit a predisposition to want to sin. No. And, and incidentally, um, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be its desire, and thou shalt rule over it. That's the same language that God uses of the woman, and her desire is going to be to her husband, and he shall rule over thee. That is a copulative yes. relationship yeah. for the purpose of producing <laughs> progeny, offspring. Mm-hmm. If you do well and you follow the ordinances, then you will be accepted. It will be accepted of thee. But if you do not well, if you violate these ordinances, yeah, then you're going to enter into a copulative relationship with sin, the progeny of which is chaos, right. death. Yeah. If you choose the right and you rule over it, you'll get the progeny of that—life and peace. Well, you don't. You don't. You, you can't know. rule over sin. Okay. Yeah. You. You don't. You don't. You, when whenever you do well, you enter into no relationship whatsoever okay. with yeah. sin. Right. 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 No, you just you're you're in a you're in a copulative relationship with the order of the universe. Yeah, with and, righteousness, I guess you could. Say. And, and, and the progeny of that is, it's it's well with you. It's like you're taking the high road. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. And, and that that's that's correlated with with James chapter one. Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted. Uh, when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed, yeah, and sin or, or or lust when it when it conceives brings forth sin. Sin when it's finished brings forth death. Yeah. So here you have this copulative relationship. The progeny is the 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 nuance. The word image there is like a stillborn baby. So if we so if we rule over it, if we choose to do well, we don't enter into a relationship with it. We are. Right. We are. We are chaste, yeah. and we enter into a relationship with God and His righteousness. Yeah. yeah, the progeny of which is well. God is not the author of confusion or disorder, chaos. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And all, all right. that,
1: all that under God's free will, like that He gives to mankind. That's the that's how this.
0: <laughs> that's it. That's how it ties into this with God's provisions. Well, listen. Before we go, so Jonathan gave us a segue to get. We we've talked about God's sovereignty. He, he will not rob from man man's free will. Right. If you believe that he will, then God has to continue to do miracles and be directly involved. It is so much more impressive to me that God carries out his tangential will, mm-hmm. a will that is not revealed, yeah. and he doesn't do it through miraculous means. Yeah. And I have an illustration for that, but first – we need to hear a word from our sponsor. Uh, in the bottom left, hold on just a second. We got to go to the captions. In the bottom left, you'll see some contact information for Lindsay Dotson, Lindsay Faye Dotson at gmail.com. Why is it not coming up? Boom, boom, click. click. There it goes. You got to double click it. There you go. All right. Contact Lindsay, Lindsay lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com. She's a sponsor of the show. If you support her, that helps us. Are you part of a church congregation seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event? Well, look no further. Lindsay Dotson specializes in designing modern advertisements for churches. Whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics, Lindsay has got you covered. Reach out through a private message on Facebook or send an email to lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com for more details. Don't miss this opportunity to make your message resonate both far and wide. Contact Lindsey Dotson today. So be sure and do that. Now, (coughs) God is sovereign, but he allows man to make free choices. He's free moral agents. So then how does God provide for his people? Because that's the root of the word providence is provide. All right. Um, I'm gonna put the tip jar up there. If y'all, if y'all want to send us a tip, uh, gmail.com and we're thankful for those of you who do. We don't call, we don't, we don't say your name, because so we kind of figure folks want to remain private. But if you don't want to remain private, just say hey, shout me out on the next podcast, and I'll do it. Um. Now we, let's get back to the chat. You don't have
1: to do that, but if you do, we appreciate your recommendation. <laughs> That's right. You're, you're recommending us when you do that, so we appreciate
0: that. That's right. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, Scott Beck says Lindsay's currently working on a postcard for our congregation. That's amazing. Yeah. And Gita says, "Think before we make decisions. Even so, bad things can happen out of our control. We just have to lean on God to overcome the ugliness of others' behavior. It's difficult." but doable. And Aaron, before we get too far I want to say that I saw a, no, did I? I thought I saw a a comment right here. Let me do this. (coughs) When I get gas, I take out my keys and my doors are locked. No one is getting in on the passenger side. Here's the thing. That is awesome. And that is one way that Connie makes sure that she's safe. But as you said, Aaron, you know, if like locks, and security measures, that just keep honest people honest. That just, just keeps out people that are that are a little lazy. They don't yes. want to work real hard to get it open. Yes. You know. Now, I will say this. Nobody's going to get in on the passenger side that Connie's unaware of because if you're going to get in, you're going to have to bust a window or something, then yeah. Connie's going to know. That's right. They're but not going to they, slip in by, that's because it. the door's open. <laughs> that's it. But anyway, the, the, the point I was trying to make is, you know, God forbid if something happened to Connie, we wouldn't immediately start dissecting and like, well, Connie, you know, it's your fault because. No. If if somebody accosts you, it's not your fault. Right. But in the healing process, and I keep reiterating this because I don't want somebody to leave the podcast saying, yeah. well, Tony's just a victim blamer. In the healing process, there is great utility in radical ownership, yeah, you're going to scrutinize
1: the process. What happens yes. because you don't want to become one who sits in the basement and eats cheese and never goes out again.
0: That's it. If you That's think it.
1: that there's no hope that I'm I'm only a victim, nihilism, that whatever will be will be. I can't take any precautions, and then you're think, oh, I realized I didn't lock the back left door.
0: That's right. You know,
1: maybe next time I'll lock the back left door, and that will help. You know, just you look, you're just looking back over. You're just learning from the situation. You're not right. blaming. You're not indicting somebody's character. You're not indicting your own character. You're just saying, what could I do next time if I have to deal with this? A human basement rat. That's
0: it. <coughs> Pardon yep. me. All right. I, I've got some stuff kind of gathered here. I've it's, jotted down it, some passages about yeah, Providence, but yeah, go ahead. What I've got is kind of, it's a, there's a bunch of different stuff. So we're just, I'm going to, I'm going to. I was I was trying to conceptualize providence and how I would explain it. <clears throat> Pardon me, and how I would explain it. So providence refers to God's continuous involvement in and guidance of all aspects of creation. Yeah. It encompasses the belief that God is actively maintaining the existence of everything in the universe, directing its history and orchestrating events to fulfill his divine purposes. So, there's some key aspects, I think, four of them with providence. There's preservation, governance, concurrence, and purpose. So, preservation is God keeps all things in existence. This aspect of providence suggests that the universe and all within it are sustained by God's power and will. Without God's continual support, nothing would exist. And for that support, I would go to... You're going to it already, aren't you? Hebrews, Hebrews one. Hebrews one, Colossians get, one. Yeah. Get get the Hebrews one. That's the big yeah. one to me. That's like yeah. if, if you only allowed me one verse to prove what I just read, it would be Hebrews one.
1: Yeah, Hebrews one, what uh verse two or three 2 or something like
0: that. Has in these last days
1: spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power.
0: The reason, so in an atom, you have a nucleus and you have protons and neutrons, and they circle one another. Mm -hmm. And an atom is the building blocks of matter. It is my opinion that at the second coming, God is going to retract the power of his word and those atoms are going to split. Then go, go read that passage and think about a nuclear explosion. Yep. The very fabric of the reality is going to unravel. Yep. Yep. Folks, God upholds everything by the power of his word in the beginning. Was the word? The word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and not anything that was made was made without the word. Yep. And the was, the, the chaos of creation was brought to order by the speaking of God. Let there be light. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: And by bi- in my Bible, beside that passage uh, that I just read, I think I had I said I think because I've already turned away from it. I think I saw there in the little reference, or in my notes, Psalm 33, 6, and 9. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Verse 9, for he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. That's it. So he spoke these things. But yeah, when he created it all, I think that's one thing that a lot of people overlook. He created the matter, and it was disorganized. It was chaotic and then from those things he created that initially were chaotic he he built the hebrew word what is it bara or something maybe yep. Where it says he built he built these things he put them together so he created things out of nothing and then he took what was initially chaotic and he ordered it the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the waters
0: so scott beck asked about ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse uh 11 well, one thing to consider with Ecclesiastes, you got to be careful that we're not dealing with an unreliable narrator. Yeah, We have an inspired account of what the wisest man on earth wrote down and what he was thinking at the time and what he was going through. He didn't always think the right thing. And no, he did not. He did not always think the right things. When I look at the book of Ecclesiastes, I see a man who— was self actualized, but because of his self actualization, in other words, Solomon reached his full potentiality. Very few people in history have ever done that. When I say very few, I mean, like, there, there's, there's, you probably, if I'm 40, I'm 46 now. I've probably known two, maybe three people in my life who have been fully self actualized. And Solomon is—I don't know Solomon. I'm not counting him among those because I don't know him. I've just read his work. But Solomon would have been a self-actualized individual, and one of the pitfalls, one of the one of the uh, dangers of self-actualization would be nihilism. Yeah, one of the vulnerabilities of, of, yep. of self-actualization would be nihilism. Yeah. All is vanity. Nothing matters. It doesn't matter what you do. It's kind of like the movie The Matrix. Whenever the guy that was, uh, I can't remember his name now, he was talking to the machines and the matrix and the program, and he says, I just want to be plugged back. So, so the people in the matrix that take the pill, they, they're, they're self-actualized, and they have to disconnect from the matrix because they've self-actualized. Well, this guy just wants to be put back because he says, none of this matters. We're locked in this eternal struggle. I just want to be plugged back into the matrix because I don't care that this steak isn't real. When I'm in the matrix and I eat it, the ignorance is bliss. It makes me feel full. It gives me satisfaction. I don't care that it's not real. Now I know it's real and it's not as satisfying. So it's meaningless. Well, Christians, if they don't watch that, will will fall into that trap of well, well nothing on this life matters. And that's that's where Solomon was and he he Ecclesiastes is him coming out of that. So without deep diving uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, I would say that uh, verse 11, I returned and saw under the sun, that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise nor riches to men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Solomon was saying here, here's what I've seen. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how tough you are. It doesn't matter how uh, fast you are. You could still lose and you could still end up with nothing because it's all just chance. There's nothing, no control you have over anything. That's nihilism, folks.
1: Yeah. This and section, this is not
0: an example of how to be. Yeah, in this section, he says, you know,
1: basically he's, and I wrote this from a past study in my Bible, that he observed the good and the bad, the wise and the foolish. He concludes that the grave is the goal of all. So very nihilistic. Like, yes. As everybody's going to die anyway, you know. It's That's it. So why kinda, try? It's like.
0: I, I remember listening. Far. To, yeah, I remember listening to the Dan Winkler at polishing the pulpit. He got up and he just goes, "Nothing in the world. Why, why are we even here preaching? What good is this? All is worthless. It's there's no sense in trying because we're all going to go down to the grave and things are going to work the way they're going to work regardless of what we do." He said, "Could you imagine if I got up on a Sunday morning at the congregation where I preach and started a sermon that way?" That's the way a lot of brethren act, though. Yes, and that's the way—that's the way Solomon started the Book of Ecclesiastes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Because could you imagine, like you or I getting up and go, people gonna do what they want to do, no matter what you say. It don't matter how hard you try. You can't make nobody do what's right. Yep. It's like. That's the way brethren sound though. I they, know they excuse their no evangelism by saying, "Well, you can't make people do what's right." And is like, that, or, well, God to
0: give the increase. God would give the increase. It's like, well, no, God to give the increase, but you got to do the work. You yeah, got to plant and water. Yeah, you got to give him something to increase. Like, <laughs> exactly. He's <laughs> not going
1: to increase nothing.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So, preser- <laughs> preservation, or, or, or preservation. God keeps all created things in existence, so we've got that. Yeah, look at Joe. <coughs> Good comments there. Oh, hold on a second. There's a comment I want to look at. Aaron from Gita. Never thought of Hebrews 1 in connection with the ending of the world. Fascinating idea. Awesome. And then uh David David Stafford says I have that psalm in my notes as well. What psalm was that, Aaron, you remember? Um no, That's I don't terrible. remember about this. Oh, I remember Psalm, going, Psalm
1: 33. Yeah
0: yeah. 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 Excuse me. Yeah, all Psalm right.
1: 33. Yeah.
0: So first principle of of providence, preservation. preservation. God keeps all things in existence by the word of his power. Number two, governance. God is actively involved in overseeing and guiding the course of events in the world. Folks, this includes the natural order human history, individual lives, governance in providence suggests that while God respects the natural laws and free will he has created, he also directs and orchestrates events to bring about his desired outcome. Think about Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 7 and how, you know, why, why did God set his love on you? You were the least of all the people. There's 170 of you. And then Go to Ephesians chapter one, verse four. Uh, we're chosen in Him before the foundation of the world to stand before Him without blame in love. Mm-hmm. the The seed of Abraham is more numerable than the sands and the stars. Yeah. How did God bring that about? There, it way more providence, way more non miraculous means. Now he had to do some miracles. Yeah. but how did he get the, how did he get the people out of Egypt? Well, I understand that the, that the plagues were miraculous intervention, but whenever, whenever the people finally were let go by Pharaoh, look at all the ways God provided for them that was not miraculous and how God worked in the world. Through the fullness of time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or 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 to bring about the fullness of time so that Jesus could be born of a woman under the law. Yeah. Gita says, Yes, Tony, I'm gonna to think about this for a while. Grow some wrinkles in my brain instead of instead of the face. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, so and then and then Aaron, I think of Daniel chapter four. In fact, I I, I marked that before we started.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand of the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdoms of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the basest of men. Folks, we got a really bad leader in Canada right now, Justin Trudeau. I know that in the United States... Uh, regardless of what you think about Democrat and Republican, I don't know of anybody that thinks Joe Biden is doing a good job. So <laughs> why are they there? I don't know. The mainstream media does a good job of making him look not so bad. Aaron, I think the mainstream media is forsaking him.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> really do. so.
0: Anyway, I don't mean to, have, don't yeah, mean to get into yeah, politics, yeah, but, but yeah. I think the mainstream media is even forsaking him. Well, they're probably just having fun with it and laughing at him doing silly things. Exactly. Know? Uh, hey, hey, Alabama says, "Who are the watchers?" In the context, it was the people watching what was going on. I think they're a host of angels and such. Without getting too deep into Daniel, it was it was a supernatural, uh, a set of supernatural entities. Uh, they were watching what was going on, and they they made a decree. And here is the decree uh, that they made.
1: In Psalm, in Psalm 145, verses 11 through 13, uh, the psalmist, he writes about how uh, Israel ought to praise God for his government, you know, his ruling, yeah. God governs, that's what we're talking about. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations yep. and that, and that's not limited to the new testament aspect of the church no that that's god governing and ruling like that's the idea of kingdom is his reign yes. he reigns over and providentially through these rulers like you know romans 13 he either directly sets them up or he indirectly you know, he he allows passively it.
0: allows them. Passively allows it. And yeah. and I mean I think about Trudeau and um Yeah, Biden, uh, Biden. The
1: Chinese leader, whoever
0: you want to yeah, throw in G. there. Ping. E- e- yeah. Either God actively put them there or passively allowed uh, an M- a an im morally corrupt society to set rulers over themselves that they deserve. I think about yeah. uh First Samuel, whenever yeah. The people come to Samuel and say, Hey, give us a king like the nations round about. You're old and your children walk not in your ways. Yeah. We want a king like the other folks, like the like the heathen nations. And guess what? God gave them a king exactly like the heathen nations. The kink, yeah, the kink
1: to all this, the struggle with all this is on our part. You know, when we hear, well, so God rules through, you know, He 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 providentially rules, you know, through or over like he either actively sets them up or or passively allows them to happen. Why would God? Then our human reasoning start comes in. Yeah. Why would God allow Hitler to? Why would God allow Trudeau or whatever his name? Why I, would God allow Stalin? Why does and so and when we can't? I say we. That's generally most yeah. of mankind. I would say says even even people who profess to be believers in God. It's like, well, why would He allow this? It's like. We don't see the big picture. We don't know everything about
0: everything like God does. And we're No, and, God sees the beginning from the end. Exactly. So he, and, and and again this is hard I remember when I was talking to somebody and they were asking this question. I remember when it hit them. God looks at humanity as a whole as one unit. Yeah. Now Christianity needs to be personal to us. In other words, Jesus died on the cross for me, Tony yeah. Brewer. It, you know, if 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 Adam hadn't have sinned, somebody else would have. But if nobody else did did sin between Adam to Tony, then Tony would have sinned. And if Tony was the only one who sinned, then Jesus would have died for Tony. Yep. Yeah. But if one person sins, the whole body is dead. In other words, if you if 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 I take if I if I inject strychnine into my arm, my whole body dies. Mm-hmm. So God looks at it systemically. So his his goal is to save the body as a whole. So then you need to be a part of the body that is saved, mm-hmm. and that's why. Well, how how in the world did did God allow Adolf Hitler to, go, to rise into power? God may have put him there. Well, why? I don't know. Mm. For some loftier purpose in the big picture than you and I could suss out. Yeah. That's, that's a trust in God's sovereignty right there, Aaron. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is where I think scoffers and skeptics and unbelieving people have their heyday. They have fun with it. Then on the yeah. other hand, godly people who are righteous, striving to walk in the steps of Christ— we struggle with it like we're we're just trying to figure it out we're not irreverently yep. questioning god we're questioning things to better understand them we're trying to you know get to know god more just from observation and his will that's that's not wrong and it's not immoral to have doubts or questions either
0: right um i think about romans 13 romans 13 was written by paul During the time of Pharaoh Nero, who would soak Christians in oil, light them a fire at night, and stroll through his garden while they're burning. Mm -hmm. He wanted to gentrify a certain section of Rome, so he just set it on fire, and he blamed it on the Christians. And legend or history has it that it's purported that he played the violin while Rome burned. I don't know. You judge for yourself whether or not that's so. But it supposedly blamed it on the Christian. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul refers to Nero as a servant of God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The powers that be are ordained of God; they're ministers for us. Yeah. So we need to understand that as far as governance goes, governance goes. God works in it somehow. I don't know. We don't know. That's the thing you'll That's never the know thing. about providence. You'll never know how it happens. It's not a miracle. It's not a supernatural phenomenon. Yeah. And John asked a good question. Do we deserve any explanation from God? We do not deserve it. Uh,
1: Skeptics and atheists and unbelievers, the God that they claim is a fairy tale, they demand, well, God doesn't, you know, God doesn't get, that's why I don't believe in God. He doesn't give me the answers that satisfies my curiosity. That's, I mean, that's pretty much what it boils down to, in my
0: opinion. Not too long ago, I shared a short on my Facebook page. This kid did a skit, and the, fir- the first part of the skit, the kid's from the perspective of the unbeliever and says, well, God, why don't you do anything about the wickedness of the world? And long story short, God says, because if I eradicated all the wicked from the earth, I would begin with you. Mm. <laughs> uh. Uh-uh. Yes. Yep. So yeah, like may, maybe we need to take a page from Job's book in that way and put her hand over her mouth. Yep. All right. Let's go to number next. Concurrence. God cooperates
1: mm-hmm.
0: with created things in action. Yep. And He guides their distinctive properties to act as they do. Now this this means that while God allows. Natural processes and human choices to occur. He's also working through these processes and choices to achieve his purpose. Yeah. Now that that that's hard to wrap our mind around, but I think about Aaron Cyrus. Yeah, God's anointed. God's anointed. Why? Same did word si- for Messiah. Yes. <laughs> Why did Cyrus let the children of Israel return back to Jerusalem? Well, according to the scriptures, it's because God stirred His spirit up. God stirred Cyrus's spirit up in order to do this. How did God do it? Through the free moral agency of a godly man within Cyrus's influence, Daniel. Yeah, I I, I believe Daniel showed Cyrus the Jeremiah scroll mm-hmm. and potentially showed in the Isaiah scroll where his name is mentioned yeah yeah second chronicles 3622 is the language that you're can
1: you read that using now in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus king of Persia so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom. And also put it in writing, saying these things about, you know, who's among you of all his people,
0: go up and build Jerusalem. That's it. So the concurrence thing, God works through the actions of individuals. Yep. How does he do that? He's God. (laughs) Like,
1: he's... Is that why why good people say, you know, we're the hands and feet of God and that kind of thing, hands and feet of Jesus? Yeah. I think that's good. I think we should
0: consider, you know, here's the thing. God is working through us. Yes. Um, God wants to keep you once he has you. Yep. Well, how is God going to work in your life to keep you once he has you? Well, you're going to be associated with a congregation full of good people that when you start looking like you're leaning out as opposed to leaning in, yep. they're going to come check up on you. Yep. They're going to bear your burdens. Yep. They're going to restore you in a spirit with a spirit of meekness, considering themselves, lest they're also tempted. Look at all the one another passages that I are commanded in the, in the
1: epistles. Like I that's how it. that's how God's working in you, through you, and for you. That's it. That's there you go. What hey, what about Philippians 2 13? Does this have anything to do with anything we're talking about? For Probably. it is God who <laughs> works in you both yeah. to will and to do for his good pleasure. That's God it. God is working in and through us. That's not it. against our free will.
0: Think about this as well. We will never be in a world. Like the people of the first century, for the last two thousand years, God has affected the world through the gospel in a non-miraculous way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like even here in the in 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 the northeast in Canada, granted nobody knows what the quote unquote Church of Christ is up here. It's, it's rather refreshing. <laughs> now, now, you you might get ridiculed for being a Christian. You might get ridiculed for being a Bible believer. You might you might see people whenever you meet people in public, boy, well, they people meet me in public, they love my accent, they love talking to me. And well, what brings you up here? Well, I've been working for the last 2 years with the Riverview Church of Christ. They glaze over. Not because I say Church of Christ, because I say church, <laughs> because I yeah. say Christ. Yeah. So it's a little different, but they know, they have a cursory understanding of Jesus. They have a cursory understanding of the New Testament. Even people that don't know anything at all, they typically know, well, the Bible exists. There's a New Testament and an Old Testament. There's Jesus that died on the cross. We're we're in the you know, you know, we're in the New Testament times. Yeah. You'll never you'll never be a Christian again in a world that has not been affected by by God's providence. Yeah. Yeah. John asked, would it be a difference if we changed our quote unquote title to another biblical name and maybe our approach in a sense? I don't know. I'm I'm thinking that probably in the United States it it may be um <clears throat> if were if if the Riverview Church of Christ was in the Bible belt. I think I would no longer call the congregation Church of Christ because I would not want to be associated with the denomination Church of Christ that is so rampant in the Bible Belt.
1: Sadly, a lot of our brethren don't even know what we're talking about when you I know. say that. Like, they I know. just don't, what are you talking about? I thought the Church
0: of Christ was not a denomination. Like, no, there, there, well, there's the Church a, of Christ in there, the a, Bible is not. Yeah, there, there's a Church of Christ denomination. I guarantee you. Yeah, we need to do a
1: podcast on that. Just have our stuff packed to move, you know, and I, I get, yeah, or I get whatever, you know, just because yeah. people just. Yeah. And it, yeah. Rubel Shelley before he got into all his errors, he yeah. was he was on to something. <laughs> I know. He was
0: on to something there when he was. Well, um, the, the problem when, is he went way too far. Yep. He thinks because there are some congregations that have denominated who hang the name Church of Christ, that means there is no Church of Christ and every denomination is acceptable to God. Yep, That is wrong. Absolutely. That's damnable. Yep. We yep. never know when we are used as part of God's providence. Look at Esther and how God used her. Yes, after we talked about purpose, we're going to go through and talk about some practical examples of providence, both in scripture and then and then uh in 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 our lives maybe. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and, and Scott Bex is along with the United Church of Christ who couldn't be further from the truth. Ooh, you got that right. Yeah. And that church has no preacher. I don't. Yeah, John, I don't know what you're talking about there. I don't know what church maybe, has no preacher.
1: Maybe he was tying that into the comment of this is where
0: Christians meet at that, Oh, yeah. Got gotcha. you. Maybe. I don't know. Um but I I'm I'm not I'm I don't disagree with John. Yeah, I at don't all. either. I, you know, the
1: Ironiton congregation in Ironiton, Alabama, yeah. where where Chance of Chance Cliff Goodwin preaches. You Yeah, know, A lot of people associated with MSOP know of his name. Know him. But uh it used to say, and I think it still does, the Church of Christ meets here yeah, on the side of the building. And, that, and that's a similar effort, I think, and attitude as, you know, yeah. Christians meet here. Yeah. Not the, 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 the challenge. It's not a biblical problem. It's a real-world problem. It's, it's, yeah, it's not world. a problem with the Bible. It's a problem no, in how we interact with it. It's a real problem that we deal with in reality. That people just see Church of Christ as another denomination. So they say, "Oh, like you're Baptist and you're Methodist, you're Church of Christ." Yes, that's that's the Church of Christ denomination, quote unquote. That's that's you know, it's, it's something
0: apart from the church in Scripture. Is the Universal Church of Christ the same as the United Church of Christ? No. Uh, Absolutely not. Uh, The United Church of Christ is, just Google them, Connie. You'll see. Um, Their denomination. uh, And I'm not
1: sure if there is a denomination that calls themselves the universal, or is she just using that accommodative language like, the universal church of Jesus Christ is yeah. in the well, Bible. So you the Baptist,
0: the, the Methodist, the Episcopalian, the Lutheran, they consider themselves to be all part of the universal church yes, they do. owned by Christ. Yeah. And to which I reply, Well, then take your Baptist sign down and let me put Church of Christ meets here. Right. They don't they don't they don't want to do that. Right. So they don't, and and Sue Ross says it's just something that has to be taught daily. We are the church. Yes, we we don't need to leave off those fundamental teachings. And yeah. then let's let's get a couple more of these comments and let's get right back to the to the podcast here. I, I think this is good good stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a popular person who teaches on Facebook make her page where I can't see her post after I said some of the churches are denominational. I don't think she thought about some being that way. Yeah, sadly, whenever. Whenever somebody critiques the Lord, and again, I hate saying critiques the Lord Church. I'm going to put it like this. I'm going to because Aaron it does not. I don't know. I don't know if Aaron co-signs this or not. This is just me. I believe, especially in the Bible Belt, that there are congregations meeting in buildings of various sizes who hang the name Church of Christ on a sign or a shingle that are denominations. They are denominational in nature and action. That does not mean that I believe that the Church of Christ is a denomination. So, it, mean, it means that the true church can apostatize, that it goes yes. into
1: error that it started out right with the fundamentals of the gospel
0: but then it elevated other things above yes you know the gospel and if you don't believe me go read revelation and there's six letters seven <clears throat> yes. seven letters yes. to churches that were in danger of losing their candlestick
1: and it, and if you want to know are there other men who have been preaching like you know twice as long as you and Tony that think this is the case yes uh, brother Ted Hook Knight. He yeah. said, "Yes, that is correct." Absolutely. <laughs> he been preaching longer than I've been alive, I'm sure. Yep. He knows. He's seen the same thing. This yes. is not denying that there is one true church and we right. we can we can and must be a
0: part of it, you know. Absolutely. All right. Purpose. It's back to providence. Mm-hmm. Purpose underlying all aspects of providence is the belief that God has a purposeful plan for creation. This plan is often beyond human understanding. I, I can't believe I said often. <laughs> it is always beyond yep. human understanding. That's right. And it is to be directed toward good and just ends. Yep. And I for proof of that, I go to Romans chapter 8. Yep. Romans that, 8, 28. Yeah. yeah, all things work together for to good for those that well that believe and are called according to His purpose. How's that go? Yeah, uh, yeah. We know that all things work together for the good to
1: those that love the Lord, to those that are the called according to His purpose.
0: I think yeah, that's, yeah. <clears throat> there are many buildings with signs "Church of Christ" that are not Church of Christ. I have seen and know of a bunch of them. Yeah. How I wish. I could rebuke him and say, "Well, that's just wrong," but I can't because it's true. Because it's true. And yep. Gita says it happened to me in Kentucky. Was so disappointed that Sunday. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the tip jar back up. All right. So with providence, we got preservation, governance, concurrence, and purpose. Here's where I'm gonna talk about God's tangential will, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Think about a tangent, chasing a rabbit. If I'm you're going off on something that's not planned, it's a tangent. Well, you can't really say that God's tangential will isn't planned. But it is tangential in in that it's not revealed unto us, and it can be changed. It's, it's obviously subject to change. It's it's subject to change. It is. God's plan for salvation is revealed. His yeah, revealed will be changed. It cannot be changed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But his tangential will it can be changed. I believe that God Almighty has a plan for me personally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I don't go to the Old Testament to, I can't remember the verse. Now. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah yeah, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. 11. It's yeah. in my mind because I see it everywhere. Yeah, yeah that, that verse, that, that ain't our mail, folks. Right. However, just I think it's reasonable to conclude that if God numbers the very hairs of our head, if if we are important to God as individuals, if every person has a different level of ability, if God whenever um, whenever we conceptualize the church, the body of Christ, Some people are pinky toes. Some people are thumbs. Some people are noses. Some people are eyes, and some people are ears. This tells me that God values the individuality of each individual. That means that God then would have a plan for me individually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What is that plan? I don't know. I don't know that you will ever know that plan. I think what you have to do is make sure that you study to show yourself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, and live according to the higher purpose and the individual purpose, will, the tangential purpose, will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you might get the principle from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, but it indeed was not written to us specifically. I don't even know if you could get the principle from it. I think it's taken so far out of context to apply it to an individual. That's applied to a nation. The thing about Jeremiah 29, 11 is, like, I do believe that
1: God knows and he has thoughts toward me. I do believe that God wants me to have peace and not evil, but not from that verse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly. my thing. Yeah. Like, I do believe God knows the thoughts that he has toward me, that he has thoughts of peace. He doesn't have evil thoughts toward me. Right. He wants me to have a good future. He wants me to have hope, but not from
0: that verse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: that's just my thought, just being... You know, exactly. I, you know.
0: I believe Jeremiah twenty nine eleven could be more taken out of its context, generally implied to the church, rather than the individual. Yeah, maybe. So,
1: hadn't thought about it a whole lot. Hey, let me ask you a question. What about Jeremiah 18? How do you think this plays into God's revealed will to Judah and also his tangential will? Ta- yeah. He He says... He says, like the potter and the clay deal that mm-hmm. uh, was referenced earlier by one of our viewers, the yeah. instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, and destroy it, if that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent. Now, this is his revealed will, obviously. Yeah. He's revealing this, but it includes man's free will. Maybe this is just more of an illustration of God's revealed will and man's free will. You know, okay. it's all, and I don't know. I'm just wondering, is there any... Uh, tangential will in this at all. I don't guess it is the more I think about it. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plan it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent. So, like, if they do what God says, now He revealed that if you do what I say, I'll bless you. If you don't, yeah. then there'll be a curse. He revealed that, but then, like, so if you act in accordance with that written will, then there's going to be a there's going to be a tangential will that follows, like the good that comes. Well, what exactly? What good would come? Let's just say, like in our application today, yeah, from the concepts we know of the I, New
0: Testament, I'd say peace. Yeah, like yeah. Here, here's the thing. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a point about. Remember the episode we did where we brought that Lauren Fisher video, mm-hmm. where yeah. she was the preaching intern in yep. some congregation in Middle Tennessee. She's a graduate yep. from David Lipscomb. Yeah. All right. Don't let me forget that because that's a point. That's a point that needs to be brought up. But go back to, I, I, again. Always go back to when I when I read the scriptures, I I first try to go non miraculous. Yeah. Because I believe that according to the parsimony of God, God is going to accomplish his purpose with the least possible involvement. Yeah. That's parsimonious. Yeah, In other words, God is going to be frugal with his action. Yeah. So go back to Genesis 4. If thou doest well, will it not be accepted of thee? If thou doest not well, then sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. As a nation, if you do the will of God, you're going to enjoy peace and relative pros- prosperity. But if you do wickedness, then you are going to open yourself up to attacks from outside sources, and your your existence is going to be chaotic. Yeah, and potentially your nation is going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you repent and you course correct, then you can stave off some of those negative consequences, which is perceived as God relenting.
1: Yeah. And what I was wondering is like the way that plays out after my obedience or disobedience. Yeah. In the context of Jeremiah 18. Yeah. The way that plays out. Doesn't that get into the to the tangential will? Yes. I because th- it, it, yeah. could be. yeah. it could
0: be. Yeah.
1: Because it could be that me. you have peace and then God blesses Tony with three new cars. And Aaron doesn't have enough money to buy one, but we're both right with God. Yeah. We're, you know, we're both walking in the light. I don't know if that's even a good, but
0: well, so let, let's, let's take it with, let's take the United States, the unrest in the world. And it, with, with the way the United States is going with the moral degradation of our society, this is this, I put that, I, I, that's why I wrote that article. Um, about a prophetic challenge, looking at Jeremiah. Um, if if we don't watch it, the world is going to start coming after us. Yeah, because the world looks at what's going on in the United States and Canada and Western culture. Like you got people over there that can't, don't even know what what gender they are, and you've got babies being killed by the thousands. You've got sex trafficking, you got all this, that, and the other, it's no wonder that we're having an issue. And if we keep going, we're going to be perceived as so weak that somebody is going to eventually organize and attack us. And our
1: parents and grandparents would have never imagined that there would be other countries that as a whole are more godly than the yep. Western cultures. Our, our parents and grandparents wouldn't have
0: thought that, well, that would actually really be a reality. At, at this point, and I, I said this, I said this in the '90s, with the rise of the of the Islamic religion in the United States. Mm-hmm. What happens is these people from Islamic countries Islamic countries are coming over to Western culture, and they are they are voting, and they're doing things. They're voting very, very liberal, and they're voting in ways that, de- that destroy the moral fabric of our society. Mm -hmm. And it destabilizes the society. And once society is destable, where you have homosexual marriage, transgender, all that, then they come in because their morals will stabilize the society, but now they're in power. Yep. Which it's happened in Canada. Yep. You ought to look at Parliament and look at how many Muslims are in in Parliament in Canada.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And it's gonna feel really good for a while after it stabilizes because we're gonna be like, Oh, well, our our Islamic morals and Christian morals are aligned pretty well. Yeah, until until the Islamics take full control. Outnumber, yeah. And then you get your head chopped off. Yeah, they don't Christian.
1: they don't jihad until you're sorry, buzzword, but
0: they don't I mean they yeah. don't they don't do that until they outnumber the people. Well look, look at look at Turkey. Yeah, You know, we'll look at, look at the, look at what's going on anyway. doesn't matter. Yeah. uh, But, but I think that's what you're getting. That That's the tangential will. If mm-hmm. we can course correct as a nation right now and we can go back to Judeo Christian values, then all of this stuff goes away. God relents. Yeah. But if we keep going down this road, then all we're going to receive is chaos and death. Yeah. And that's, that's from God because that's the way God set up the universe, mm-hmm. but it's not miraculous. Yeah. But what
1: you were saying originally, now you wanted to mention again about the intern that became the preacher the woman. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, listen, if you have a well-trained conscience, God works through your conscience. Notice what that girl said. If I walk through a door and I feel peace, that's how I know I'm where God wants me to be. It's just one problem. She did not have a well trained conscience, right? But if we have a well trained conscience, when we have a decision to make, I remember whenever all the stupidity happened at Strathmore, and I was uh, with those men, and they were they were you know they fired me, and they were like we just were so upset at this decision, we've losing so much sleep, and I said, men, why are you losing sleep? If you were making the right decision, right, then you ought to sleep like a baby. I said, right. I haven't lost any sleep. Right. I, I've slept like a baby I, I'm because I, I know I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, if you've got a well-trained conscience, then you can navigate the world and you can use that conscience. And it's if your conscience is trained as far as what God wants it to be, then that is God guiding you. Yep. But it's not miraculous. It's no. providential. That's right. It's right there through His Word,
1: yep. through the principles of His Word. You apply what you know, and you live by it, and you have peace. I mean, that's Philippians 4, 6, and following. The, the peace it. that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds.
0: That's it. Yeah. All right.
1: The way we got onto this, we were talking about God's plan, His purpose, being beyond human understanding. Like yes, we it, can't it, know God's providential will. He No. I mean— and I'm sure you had in mind. Who knows if we'll be able to get to it? But
0: Philemon, verse fifteen. <coughs> y- yeah, yeah, we need to, we need to start that segment real yeah. quick. Yeah. So let's let's look at some practical application or some practical ex- ah some examples of providence yeah. in scripture and talk about some practical aspects <laughs> of it. And let's talk about Philemon. Onesimus left, and I believe Onesimus probably absconded with some valuables of Philemon. Because God, or God, because Paul said when he when he returned, hey, if he owes you any money, you chalk it up to my account.
1: Yeah. wonder why he said that. Probably because he owed him some money. He either knew he did or he figured he probably did. <laughs> you
0: know, it's one of the two. Yep. Are you there yet with Philemon? <sighs> I'm trying. I'm getting over there. Oh, sorry. I thought he was already there.
1: All right. I am now. Yep. All right.
0: Well, get her done. Let's read
1: it. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, just I'll do uh, 12 through 15. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him, that is, my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but but how much more to you? both in the flesh and in the Lord. Perhaps. There you go. The reason he left is perhaps. So Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit, he guided directly by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit didn't reveal to him, no, this is
0: the reason. Yep. He had him right, perhaps. You will never ever know whether or not God is working providentially in your life. If A, B, or C, that was the providence. I I can know.
1: Well, the only way you could know was if God revealed it to you directly.
0: That's it. And he's not going to do that, is he? No. Um, there is a. Let me let me let me look this up. Um, Futurama. F U T U R A M A. All right. The Futurama episode is called Godfellas. It's season three, episode 20. I suggest you watch it. It's really neat. Um, Bender is the robot. is shot out of the spaceship and they can't catch up with him, so he's doomed to drift through space for eternity. Well, he gets hit by this little speck that has life on it and he's the quote-unquote God. And it just he really messes it up and then he keeps floating and he says, what in the world is that nebulous gas over there? It's it's, is that binary code where well, the nebulous gas was pulsating in binary. So Bender gets to the nebulous gas and he says, Hey, are you, are you, are you speaking in binary? And the nebulous gas says, well, I was, he said, Oh, you speak English. And the nebulous gas says, well, I do now. He says, wait a second, Are you God? He said, mm, I could be, and basically in the in the in the show this nebulous gas it this this, this is the god entity okay mm-hmm. long story short it it gets wrapped up and and the drama gets resolved in the 20 minute episode but at the <laughs> yeah. very very end what during the conversation bender says well i was god once and um the nebulous gas says well i saw that it didn't work out too well he said no he said, whenever they prayed to me and I gave them everything they wanted, they wouldn't do anything but pray and, and get stuff from me. And then whenever I didn't do anything, well, they they blew themselves up and they all died. <laughs> and uh, the nebulous gas cloud said, Yeah, it can be like that sometimes. There's a there's a trick to it. You gotta have a light touch. And mm. the trick is, according to the nebulous gas in Futurama. <laughs> you have to act in such a way that no one can ever be sure whether or not it was you. Yeah. That's the way God, I I thought that's such a good episode. Just just think that show was written and directed
1: by humans (laughs) (laughs) that are smart enough and wise enough and discerning enough to get the basic gist of the providence of sovereign God, I mean, I know it. You know, it's like if you just look at it and study on it, it's like this makes sense.
0: I know this is the way. You know, I know it. And and like I said, I, I thought, wow, that's a really good illustration. And it's a really good way to explain providence. Yeah. And and I, I always also go back to, and I'm going to just go ahead and say it was Keith Moser. And he told us this story. And for those of you that have taken classes with Keith Moser, you know this, you know what I'm, you know, the, the gestures and you know how he gestures. And he was explaining this about prayer and how God answers prayers. And he says, you know, I tell, I told, I tell Dorothy all the time, God doesn't care about your lost keys. He doesn't help you find your lost keys. That's not how God works. And he goes, and then he went, and then she told me, well, Keith, I don't understand. I couldn't find my keys, and I prayed to God to help me find my keys, and I found my keys. And he goes, yeah. he he does that shrudge with his hands up, yeah. like, what do you do?
1: Yeah.
0: Kind of like, Dan, yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah. Dan
1: Winkler preaches something, he goes, what well, you do? Dan Linkler preached it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: anyhow. Yeah. Like,
1: studied his, studied his eyeballs out for 40 years on that chapter or whatever.
0: What did yeah. say? Leave
1: him alone. Think yeah. about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Chew on it a little and bit. It,
1: yeah. Anyhow.
0: Yeah. And yeah. So, did, did. Does, did God help Dorothy find her keys? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe.
1: Yeah. How do you?
0: Yeah. You can't. How say, did he help her find her keys? I don't know.
1: And here's another thought that I've been thinking about a lot in recent years do we have to know how he would help us to do it in order no. for him to act providentially? No, nope. that, that's putting God in a box. That's that's, that's what I fear yes. we often do in the churches of Christ. We, that's it. we, we, well, God's not working miraculously. Okay. 10, 4. I agree. But Me then, too. but then it's, he works providence and we don't really talk about how multifaceted and amazing that is no and how even in some of our own opinion that's like just grander than miracles yep you know but we don't get that deep we don't talk that and so so then the next thing you know we're like yeah I don't even know why should I pray that because the only way God could fix that is with a miracle well so how how do you how do you know
0: I know it how do you Um, know I think it was in 2006 or 2005 La started working for the state of Tennessee as an eligibility counselor for food stamps and and, and other welfare programs. Pretty good job. Um, she didn't have a master's yet. she just had a college degree. <coughs> it was a pretty good job for a college degree <clears throat> and it was it was for the state of Tennessee so she had amazing benefits. But we were living in Weekly County at the time and uh, she was driving about 30 minutes back and forth to a call center, but we we ended up moving to Hornbeek and she was driving an hour and a half one way. And she did that for several months hoping a position would open up in the Union City office, which would be about a 25-minute drive from where we were, which is doable. So the thing about it is, nobody... No, there, there's never any turnover in the in those offices. Like once the state gets you, they marry you, they get you till you die or till you retire. Yeah. Well, Abeth put in for her transfer. As it turns out, the, when she put in for her transfer, somebody was retiring. Wow. As it turns out, the boss of the entire office. Not only was a member of the Lord's church that we knew personally. Excuse me. was not only a member of the Lord's church, but a member of the Lord's church we knew personally and with whom we had a very good relationship. Yeah. And so LaBeth was able to get that job. It's like, do you understand how much we prayed for that? And do you understand how impossible that scenario was? It's like, was that God's providence? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm more convinced that that was God's providence than God helped Dorothy Moser find her keys. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, you never know. Miss Dorothy might can make a pretty convincing (laughs) case. I was going to say, it's very possible. (laughs) It's very possible that LaBeth getting that position in Union City was happenstance, and God absolutely helped Dorothy fine. you know it was what possible if if for the rest of Dorothy Moser's life if all God wants to do is make sure she never loses her keys who am I yeah yeah
1: <laughs> who yeah. am I Philippians four six be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. <laughs> I mean, there's not there's not any qualifiers on that. No, and
0: listen, listen
1: you can't pray for it if it's your keys. You
0: can't pray for it if it's your job. I mean, that. And if if God cannot alter His tangential will and intervene, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) excuse me, and intervene in a non miraculous way, then what's the purpose in praying? Exactly.
1: Amen, a hundred times over. I mean, that's just like. That's why we need more. We need more sermons and more teaching on providence. Like you started out with, and I can't get it word for word, but I jotted down a few ideas. The idea of God's continuance in and guidance for the created order, and then yes. you know His people and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> how would I'm you say, How would you say that the providence of God is obviously God provides food and clothes and shelter. For people who are not His covenant people, but in what ways are we to understand that God's providence is special for His called-out people? You know, I mean Romans oh, I eight, t- Romans eight twenty-eight. Yeah. I think should come into that discussion about being conformed to the will of God, to You'd the image to. of Christ. Yeah. And like he's gonna make all things work together for the good. What is that? What what are your thoughts on that? Like what does that mean well, in this context? So I mean On a
0: long enough timeline, it is gonna work to good. Yeah. So let, let let's say that I'm a let's say that I'm I'm a Christian <laughs> in in Poland in nineteen forty. Yeah. And I'm a Jew. Like I'm a I'm a Jewish national, but I'm a I'm a religious Christian. Yeah. Hitler don't care. He's still killing you.
1: Because mm-hmm. you're a physical
0: G. Well, it's possible that I get up, lo- I get loaded onto the train and sent to Ostwitz. Ostrtwich, yeah, Ostrus. yeah. Ostrus. A, I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Right. It's possible that I, 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 I die. Ostwitz, I think. Ostrtwich. I, I can't say it either. I've said it too many times now. I can't. I can't yep. do it. Anyway, on a long enough timeline, even if I die in that persecution. I'm going to be escorted by angels to paradise.
1: That's exactly
0: right. That's working to the good, isn't it? Yes, it is. Read Psalm 73. When I sought to know why the wicked prosper, it was too much for me. Mm -hmm. Until I came into the sanctuary and I understood their end. Then understood I their end. So there's a sense in which on a long enough timeline it's going to work to good unless it works to good in the shortfall. If it works to good in the shortfall then that's, that's very possible it's God working, or it's possible that just—it's it, just happenstance that I, way. I
1: see those truths and principles in the book of Revelation to Christians in the first century. Yeah. They're being told, you know, either way you're going to be delivered. You, yeah. You may, you may suffer in the fallout, though, and,
0: well, that, Philippians, and, that, and, and that doesn't mean you're being punished. Right. Philippians chapter one is a good one. According to my it's verse 20, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in all things, whether by my life or by my death, Christ is magnified in my body. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that, that's the way we've got to that's the way we've got to conceptualize it. Yep. Um Matthew chapter six is an interesting passage of scripture. Matthew chapter six, verse eight. Um Be ye not therefore likened to them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. So God knows what we need before we ask. So there's a sense in which he is already provided for his creation. Mm-hmm. And I think about this. I, I, I sold, S O, how do you spell so? Like I. Not S-O-L-D, sold S O L D, but sowed like I sowed turnip seed. S-O-W-E-D, sold yeah, et, turnip S O W E D? I sowed? Yeah. Turnip seed?
1: S E W E D. Isn't it sowed? No, that's sold like I sew a shirt. Oh, okay.
0: <clears throat> anyway. S O W. I sowed turnip seed in yeah. two five and some odd acre fields, and it was hot. It was forever more hot. There was no shade. Except on the edge of the field, and I remember, man, I was like, I, I just, I just got to get through this row, and at the end of this row, I'm gonna sit under that great big oak tree and enjoy the coolness under the boughs of that great big oak tree. That great big oak tree was probably 500 years old. Yeah. Did God put that there for me? <laughs> he knew what I was going. He knew I was going to need it that day. Yeah, he did. So, in that sense, yep. <laughs> I'm thankful for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consider God put that there for me. That's another that's, turn of all
1: this that I wanted to discuss. What is wrong with believing that every good and perfect gift comes from above? James 1.17. Well, well, you got to believe that because it's that, true. And that that includes the blessings in my circumstance. Like, yeah. here I am in my circumstance, and there's that tree that's been there 500 years. Did God put that for me? Did he Did he? Did he bless that thing to be planted 500 years ago for me right here and now? Well, what's wrong with believing that he did? That's I right. Mean, what, what, again, we're not talking about going around proving he did, but You don't have to. You don't have to. It's not necessary. I mean, I truly believe it was God's providence, you know, that blessed me with my wife. It's something I prayed for. There were many circumstances yep. that did. What's wrong with me believing that's God's providence? What does that do? That's a, that doesn't alter the written will of God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had a note with Ted. He did not. He put it there for me, me at the end of a cotton roll when chopping cotton in 100 degree, 100 degree weather. weather. Yeah. And 100% humidity <laughs> or whatever. I know it. And Hey Hey Alabama says uh, <laughs> God planted that tree for a great many people over time. Yeah. Don't be so egocentric, Tony. Don't be so. St- well so don't so. <laughs> say what you want to say. God put that tree there for me. Hey, you just trying to take God's blessings personal. We talked about that earlier. Take it personal.
1: Uh, I like the passage that John mentions, Colossians 4, 2 through 4. I yeah. will read it off this screen. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful in it with Thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open to us a door for the word so that we What's may it? speak the mystery of Christ. So he's asking for something that may not yet be. That God, and, and it, you
0: know, and it does not have to be fulfilled in a miraculous way. Mm,
1: no,
0: uh, Sheila Cole here. Uh, God tells us to ask Him and pray. He even makes provision in case we don't know what to pray. That's Romans eight. And I want to talk a little bit about that. If God did not answer prayers, yea or nay, why tell us and then make provision to be heard? It's mm-hmm. a good question. Um. So in Romans eight, the holy, the Holy Spirit and the unknown utterances. That has to do with God's tangential will, folks. That's not miraculous. It's not mystical. Those utterances are unknown. They cannot be uttered because you don't know them. All right? So let's say you got two people in the hospital, and you pray for both of them to get well. One of them dies, and one of them gets well. God answered yes on one and no on the other. Well, how do you know that you didn't pray contrary to God's tangential will. In other words, in your prayer life, you came before the very throne of God and you set yourself up in opposition to the creator of the universe. The way, you know, you didn't is this verse the the way, you know, well you did, but uh, that's okay because yep. the Holy spirit right. intercedes on your behalf yep. and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So just pray for what you want to pray and let the Holy Spirit intercede on your behalf. Yep. And I believe that's... And now, I, I, again, you take this with a, with what you would like to take it. I do not believe that that is something that is ongoing. In my personal opinion, it's something that was already done. The Holy Spirit has taught us through through the revelation of the example of Christ that when we pray, we can ask for something that's contrary to the will of God. Father, let this cup pass from me. With you, all things are possible.
1: (laughs) Nevertheless, yeah.
0: Nevertheless, Mm -hmm. not my will, but thine be done. Mm -hmm. When I pray, I pray for whatever I want to pray, and I know that a beneficent father will take that in consideration. But with utterances that are unknown, when I can't pray in accordance with God's will, I pray in accordance with my will. Yeah. But then I verbalize, nevertheless, not my will but thine be done.
1: Yeah, in the language of Romans eight twenty six, he says, For, likewise the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For, we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. I used to chew on that and say, yeah, but he already told us in the Bible how to pray. So yep. I do know how to pray.
0: That's God's we, tangential will. Exactly. You don't
1: know what to pray about that particular matter. You may know the principles of God's will that you know poke around on it, you know that point at it. But yeah, do I do I take this job at Hardee's or do I take this job at? And I'm not making a lot of Hardee's. I'm just you know do I take this job, whatever.
0: Um, I ain't you know, thought about Hardee's in, a, in years. Yeah, we got one on Red Wolf, but
1: I think I've eaten there once in five years. But anyhow. You don't know how you ought to pray on these things, but the Spirit Himself <coughs> makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Surely the
0: groanings are our groanings. <laughs> yeah. Why, well, why can't those groanings be uttered? It's because we don't. We know. don't know. That's right. We're ignorant, so yep. we have to pray for pray our will. But then, in my opinion, it's the Holy Spirit says. Yes. The Holy Spirit teaches me to pray. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That's the Holy Spirit's intercession on my behalf. Amen. Amen. Now, oh. Ted's comment making me more hungry. Uh, try their, try biscuits. their biscuits. Yeah, um, they I they like do talent. have good biscuits. It's been a while. I need to eat one. Mm. I guarantee it. All right. So, any other examples? Or? Uh, God knows what you need before you ask Him. <sighs> yeah, that, that's. I think. I think that's the key to understanding. And that, and like you
1: said, that means He's already provided. He's already set yeah. it up in the Ooh. in the, in His system, not the system. Qu- his quickly.
0: System. Yeah. Um, there's two things I want to cover really really quickly, like lightning fast. Number one. I cannot think off the top of my head. I thought it was Matthew chapter 7, but while you were talking, I tried to scan it. Yeah. I missed it. God makes it rain on the just and the unjust. Yeah. Matthew Before, 5. Oh, that's Matthew I 5. Think, yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, 545. Yeah. So God makes it rain on the just and the unjust. That's God's providential physical blessings, folks. Yep. And it's on the just and the unjust. And if it's a drought and an atheist gets rain, then it's because a Christian prayed for it. Right. <laughs> or it's because it was going to rain anyway. Yeah. Which one? I'm going to give God the credit, because every good and perfect gift comes from above, and that's a good gift. Amen. And, and that would answer, in short, the question that I posed a little while back. Like,
1: what's the difference between the the physical blessings that God provides for the just and the unjust and the ones for the spiritual? Well, God's yeah. not providing providentially in in the spiritual way because all the spiritual blessings are in Christ. He's not That's providing it. for that for the world at large. Yeah, people outside of Christ, He's providing uh, that Tom, for those in
0: Christ. Tom Holland told a story about a young man come home from World War II, and uh, he was kind of haughty and was like, "Well, I, I'm an am I'm, I'm I'm not a Christian. I come from I come home and I made it through and." So that's kind okay. Of some of the Christian people died that was over there with me, and I can't remember if it was. I don't know if Tom's old enough to have, have been preaching back then or not, but um, I guess he would have. He anyway, if I'm remembering the story, story correctly, either Tom Holland or somebody else said, You don't need to be so haughty because the reason you came through that mess is because your sweet Christian mama was on her knees every night praying to God on your behalf. Oh, those are the kinds of things that we ain't going to know. Maybe in eternity we'll know. Yeah. like That's another thing to think of. (laughs) Two men in the hospital, and you pray both of them to get well, the Christian dies and the heathen lives. That's not a – look, I can talk about them like this because they're strangers. I don't know them. (laughs) That's a pretty good outcome. Because the Christian went home. Yeah, the heathen. And the heathen has prepare. some. Yes, yep, sir. Yep. All right. Yep. I want to read a verse from the book of Esther. Living on a prayer. You remember that rock song? Yo. Yeah. Let, for We're halfway yeah. there. Living on a prayer.
1: Forget all the other words. I don't know if they're bad or not, but that, that's a Bible idea.
0: Yep. Living on a prayer. We're dependent on God. Absolutely. All right. Then Mordecai. This is Esther 4. Chapter, th- or chapter 4, verse 13. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether, or not, whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Yep. There you go. Folks, let me tell you something. Mordecai said, it's very possible that the reason you're where you are is for this purpose in this time. But he didn't know. And I'm looking at hindsight, it's like 4,000 or, well, 3,000 plus
1: years. I'm like, eh, that pretty much had to be providence. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I
0: think that's the point of the book. I, God the is not mentioned book. by name in the book. That's right. But the implication there, now think about this. <clears throat> How many tribes of Israel would God have to save from that genocide? in order for the seed promise to come about. I think two, Judah and Levi. Yeah. The tribe of Levi for the priesthood and the tribe of Judah for the kingly tribe. And that's the only two that would have had to survive. Who was Mordecai and Esther? They were from the tribe of whom? Do you remember? Which one's the names you just said? Mordecai, Mordecai and Esther. I can't remember right now. Benjamites. Yeah, that sound. That's it. Yeah. The, the the now now listen yep. listen to listen to what Ed, listen that's what Mordecai why Mordecai says that's why that's why uh, Haman hated him so much. Oh
1: yeah, because of the of uh, what Saul had done in the Benjamites against his people yes. years
0: before. All right, Mordecai said, "Don't think within yourself that you're going to escape in the king's house more than all the Jews." deliverance and enlargement will arise, yep. but it doesn't have to protect you. You're a Benjamite. Yep. The seed promise is through Judah. And my understanding is the only two tribes that had to be saved alive would be Levi and Judah in order to bring about the fullness of time. Probably so. I ain't thought about that a whole lot, but
1: yeah. he preserved them. <laughs> I guarantee it. That's the good news. I've been so, I've been thinking about Ruth a lot lately. I'm doing a oh, lesson yeah. on Ruth here coming up uh, this next Sunday night, and it was in the dark ages of the judges. And, oh yeah. And Ruth two verse three when she comes back after she makes the commitment, "Your thy God will be my God," and all. I'm she she had faith in Jehovah. She yeah. didn't have a whole lot of information, but she had faith.
0: Oh, I and, guarantee and, it. And
1: and she said, she said, uh, or excuse me, the writer wrote about her she left uh and she went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. <laughs> I'm thinking that was Providence.
0: <laughs> yes. She
1: happened to come to the just the right place.
0: Yep, I think you're right. Somehow or another, God provided for that. So the practical application to carry away from this very lengthy discussion is understand that there is nothing that I read in Scripture, that we can read in Scripture, that negates God's working in the world today. And when I say God, I mean the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We cannot know how. We cannot know specifically what. But if you if something happens in your life that is good, you need to give God the credit. Yeah, amen. Because it's very possible it is from him. Yep. And if something happens in your life that is bad and, and you internalize it and use it for the good, well, you give God the credit for that as well.
1: Yep. Amen.
0: I don't know if we helped anybody at all understand providence
1: i don't either but you know i've heard this a hundred times and i think i still believe it it has something to do with god working behind the scenes kind of like all the people in a play that are in the they're in the background yeah they're working and they're active yeah and they're purposely active not just eh, yeah no they've got a plan they're working And that plan of the people behind the scenes in a play, even can change depending on the circumstance. I guarantee it, it. it can. If something happens to somebody, they can improvise and they can pull this rope and they can, they can go here. And they, you know, I mean, it's similar concepts. You can't stretch the thing, but, you know, it's similar <laughs> yeah. idea. God's the illustrations
0: aren't perfect, but yeah. illustrations do fine to illustrate. Yeah. God's working behind the scenes. Well, it's what Ted, you know, do not underestimate God's providence and ignore it. Give God what is due to God. Amen. And every good and perfect gift comes from God.
1: So if we see it as good in our lives, you know, we know it's not something immoral. (laughs) If we see it as something good that God has blessed us with, we need to give him the praise for it. I guarantee it. There's so many good examples. The book of Nehemiah. Oh, my opinion has at least two or more references where he says the good hand of of my God was upon me. Yeah. And it wasn't anything miraculous. No. Before we started this, uh, this morning, I wrote down. And I just this is the first thing that came to mind when you said when you just a few minutes before we started, you sent me something. We're going to do this. Yeah. I said, unless explicitly told, unless the context demands otherwise, God works providentially.
0: Yes, I mean, oh, just, I think that's correct. That's just the way I look at. It. I mean, that's just. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's that's my so my my approach to the Bible is to demystify the Bible. Yeah. So I always interpret something in the realm of the the natural world. Mm-hmm. Like I interpret something first is non miraculous. I only interpret it as miraculous if 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 I have to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. If I have to. Yep. And 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 buddy, let me tell you that that sheds so much light on the Bible, <laughs> yes. and that helps so much.
1: Yep. Well, maybe hopefully something we've said in this show today has helped demystify the Bible because
0: I hope so. You know, that's this has been a very well attended lesson or it uh, episode. It it has. Um, so for those of you that are watching. Be sure and uh, follow us, hit the notification bell. I would love everyone to go to Christianity Now streams and subscribe on YouTube. Also, something we don't talk about is Rumble. Very, very passive. Every time we do something on YouTube, Rumble it it, 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 it may take several days, but it will be up on Rumble eventually. Yeah. Um. I wish there was a way for me to speed that up, but yeah. Substack, Substack is where to get the most bang for your buck. If you subscribe at Substack, you will uh, get access to a, a daily article. Uh, some stuff we put behind a paywall. I'm 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 going to use some of the uh, money that you have uh, supported us with the, our supporters to um, quote unquote hire. As it were, a voiceover artist, and what I mean by that is, there are some programs with artificial intelligence where I can uh, feed my article into the artificial intelligence into audio. Yeah, and and the and it and it will narrate the article. Yeah, and that just it ala- it frees me up to do other things. Yeah quite frankly
1: is the audio is that the voice is that for the paid subscribers
0: only or no it's going to be if if i'm going to do it that's the thing if i'm going to do it with ai i'm going to i'm going to make that for everybody okay yeah which means i got to figure out something else to do behind the paywall yeah for our paid subscribers i already do a video a week now it started out the video a week started out I, i do it on wednesday well, I got busy, so I did it on Thursday. Then one day, well, it was friday this this week, the video I did was on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. maybe we'll just make the rounds, and next week it'll be Sunday, then Monday then Tuesday, it we'll just come full circle, yeah, but if you're a paid subscriber, if you're a supporter, rather on patreon or uh, buy me a coffee uh you'll you'll get a weekly video, yeah. but we try. We really do. Yep. And we I have good intentions. <laughs> yeah, we need we need to get you get yeah. your articles posted, man. We need yep. we need articles from you. And to pay somebody to get them on there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we don't somebody. need to pay somebody just just upload them. <laughs> upload yeah, well, them. like you fine. said, free up some
1: time, you know. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Um but anyway, folks, that's all I've got. Thank you so much. Appreciate all the good feedback. Uh, Philip Philip S Carmen says she needed this lesson. I think that's a she or a he. I can't remember, but uh, I, I don't. Surely it's a she anybody. or a he. Surely it was one of the two. Yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we've been going an hour and forty eight. I got to get off here. I've got a meeting uh, with with one of the members here. We're going to meet at the church building. They got some questions and stuff. Um, we've it, we we got some prospects going on. Yeah, it's good. it's some good stuff. Um
1: Yeah, thank but, uh, you. Thank you, Ted Knight. I was just gonna say he said thank you for this good oh, study. Thank yes. you. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate it, brother.
0: Yeah, appreciate you as well, Gita. Um, well, folks, this has been Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson with Christianity Now. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope that you found some value in it. We hope that you subscribe and support and all that good stuff. And uh oh, Philip says I'm a she. Good deal. So it's Phillips Carmen. Or so I, I was doing Philip S. Carmen, but I think it's phillips carmen i better first names carmen anyway uh thank you well i will definitely take care of that cough (laughs) aaron you got any closing thoughts it's uh the subjects
1: that we have talked about today with miraculous and god's providence has been the one that i have i feel like i've thought about a lot and i've tried to seek the answers in god's word on and there are things that I walk away and I, I feel like I'm confident on. And a lot of the things, like all the things we've talked about today, but just, you know, there's still just some things that I don't know that I know for sure. Just just like we said that we can't know for certain about yeah. if and when something is God's providence. And I wonder about how and why God has worked the way He has in times past. I just like to I like to question it because I'm a human. I say I like to question it. I question it because I'm human and I want to know more, and I'm trying to figure things out. Yeah, you know, as to you know, why did God work the way He did? And and I want to believe, and I do, that God has always worked the way that He did for the ultimate good, for the most people, and and especially His covenant people. You know, yeah, those who choose to come into a covenant relationship with God and. Uh, give God the honor and the glory that He deserves and serve Him daily. So, anyhow, that's kind of my final thoughts. God's providence is great and wonderful, and we, as children of God, uh, without it, it's like taking away the—if you don't believe in the providence of God as a child of God, you you have taken away the—I mean, I don't, I don't know. What's the punchline for that? You just—you've just like—you've just—, like, you just you, you, got, you, you want syrup for your pancakes, and you took all the sugar and all the whatever out of it. I mean, I don't think yeah. that's not even a good— It just—without the providence of God, it's like you got a deist God. Like, what do you—why are you even praying? Why would you even pray? Why would God tell us to pray? Why would yeah. He command us to pray? And yet, He's not going to—He can't work. He, like, again, don't put God in a box. God can work in many ways providentially and it's not miraculous. So don't think that God has to act miraculously to answer your prayer. Absolutely. That's my final thought.
0: All right. Well, we're going to end on that then. God bless everybody. Remember near churches at gmail.com to send a PayPal and look in the show notes for other ways to support us. But the best thing you can do is subscribe and share, invite your friends. God bless you. This has been Tony birth Christianity. Now subscribe to the cogitations podcast on, uh, Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. Without God's providence, we are empty and hopeless. That's right. God bless every one of you, and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Amen.